0: Today we're gonna be talking about COVID-19 and Sukkot, our vulnerability and God's strength. In 1909, Yitzchak Dowerman came to the United States, lived on the Lower East Side of New York and got a job operating a pressing machine in the garment district, like many thousands of other Jewish immigrants. Three years later, he sent for his wife, Shifra, his 12 year old daughter, Razel, and eight year old son, Chaim, who arrived in New York City in November of 1912 on a ship called the Barbarossa, sailing out of the port city of Bremen, Germany. Gitzkak and Schiffer were my grandparents. Chaim would grow up to be my father. And Razel was his sister and my aunt, who would never grow up at all, dying here in America, in the Goldener Medina, the Golden Land, far away from the Stadel in Europe, where she was born. At 17 years of age, Razel died in the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. My father never mentioned her. I found out about Razel from his immigration records at Ellis Island and from grilling my oldest cousin, who grew up with my grandmother, and knew family secrets. That was then, and now is now. But life has not changed that much. None of us would have guessed on January twenty third, 2020, when the worldwide death toll of COVID-19 was 26 people, that 21 months later, the worldwide death toll would be 4,741,731 which is greater than the entire population of Los Angeles, California. The Spanish flu has been replaced by COVID-19. And thank God for vaccines for the worldwide death toll would be unimaginably higher. Currently, we are right in the middle of Sukkot, a Jewish holy day that reminds us of two things we must never forget, the frailty of human life, and the dependability of the living God. To remember life's frailty, we endeavor to live throughout the se- during this season in flimsy booths, Sukkot. And to remind ourselves of God's provision, we celebrate God's harvest. We must remember both. Life's frailty and God's strength. Let's talk about that for a while. If you are healthy of mind, you will not like sufferings. None of us should. But what makes suffering worse is when these sufferings fill our entire horizon. The Apostle Paul was mentally healthy when he said in Romans 8, I hold that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared to the glories that shall be revealed. He kept things in perspective, that darkness and gloom, stress or pain or persecution, the Spanish flu of 1918 or the COVID pandemic of 2021 Whatever these calamities might be, they are not. And a need cannot be the final word for God's people ever. Suffering is bad enough. Losing our perspective is worse. We cannot completely avoid suffering. This is what mortal flesh is heir to. But we can and should avoid losing perspective. Sukkot comes to remind us of this, it is during this time that we read the book of Ecclesiastes, which reminds us that life is vanity, vanity, all is vanity, and a striving after wind. But also, that we ought to fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And we're told, enjoy your life while you have it. Chaim ben Moshe ibn Attar was a Talmudist and a Kabbalist who was born in Morocco in 1696, died in Jerusalem about 47 years later, in July 7, 1743. He argued that in Jewish history, suffering seems to dominate. But in the end, victory will reign. Jewish history is not only fire and ashes, it is the promise of a glorious destiny. This insight is crucial, not only to our understanding of Jewish history, but to our appreciation of the story of Yeshua and the meaning of his resurrection. And ultimately, it's important to an understanding of Israel's story and the pattern of all history And our very own lives. It is now and always has been sufferings first and glories to follow. Over and over again, Messiah spoke to his disciples of how we must suffer and die and afterward be raised from the dead on the third day. Although it was always, it was sufferings first glory later in mark's gospel peter speaks for all the disciples when he responds to yeshua's question who do you say that i am by saying you are the messiah the son of the living god the text goes on to say and he that is yeshua began to teach them all that the messiah must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes And after three days, rise again. Peter speaks of this in his first letter, saying that the prophets spoke the same way. Sufferings first, glories later. He says this. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Messiah in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Messiah and the glories that would follow. On the road to Emmaus, when Messiah made one of his earliest appearances after his resurrection, he struck the same note. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of art of heart to believe all that the prophets have written, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Sufferings first, and glories to follow. Years ago, I told you a story which illustrates this principle very well. It's a story told by former refusenik now political figure greatly respected in israel anatoly natan sharansky this is him and his wife these people are giants sharansky recounts how he was invited to visit russia a year after his election to knesset you need to remember he was imprisoned in russia because he had the chutzpah to want to go to Israel so he was imprisoned and tortured eventually he was released and then he became a political figure a foreign minister in Israel and he tells the story about how he was a past prisoner of the Russian government and returned as a leader in the free world Sharansky told about unique aspects of his visit to Russia as an Israeli big shot. He says this, I was the first state guest who insisted not on going to the Russian ballet, he said, but rather I wanted to visit the former KGB prison where I was incarcerated. The Russians (laughs) were baffled by the unusual request. It actually took a good deal of time for Moscow to agree. And the trip was delayed until consent was granted. And the Russians meticulously prepared for the visit. Sharansky said, it was so clean that it almost looked like the ballet theater. Of course, they cleaned it up in my honor. And I thanked them for their kindness. As Sharansky and his wife, Avital, toured the prison, he asked his hosts, please show me the punishment cell, the torture cell. The officials didn't know what to do. They were not prepared for this request. And obviously, it wasn't on the official itinerary. Furthermore, they want to deny that there was such a room. They showed me a regular cell and said it was the punishment cell, he said. I told them that if there is one thing they cannot deceive me about, it is Russian prisons. So they finally consented and showed me a punishment cell that was empty. I then asked to be left alone with my wife for 15 minutes in the the torture cell. When the Sharonskys reappeared, the journalists asked why he insisted on such a visit. They wanted to know if this was an act of masochism. On the contrary, he said, it was the most inspiring moment of my life. When I was a prisoner of the Soviet Union, my jailers tortured and taunted and taunted me and told me that world Jewry had betrayed me, and that I would never leave the prison alive. Today, the KGB does not exist. The Soviet Union does not exist. And 1 million Jews have left the punishment cell called the Soviet Union. This is what I went back to see. This is what I am thankful for. For a long time, people have debated if Isaiah 53, which talks about the suffering servant of the Lord, is speaking about the sufferings of Israel or of the Messiah. The answer is yes. The answer is, of course, both. Israel suffers as the servant nation, and Messiah suffers as the epitome of Israel. Yeshua is the one man, Israel, and the pattern of his life is and will continue to be the pattern of Israel's life until he comes again. Sufferings first and glories to follow. The the pattern that Natan Sharansky noted of his own sufferings and eventual exaltation to a position of rulership, the pattern that he noted of the sufferings of russians jews with their eventual liberation while their enemies were judged and dismantled all of this is part of the pattern of messiah's life of israel's life the pattern woven into the warp and woof of creation paul the apostle spoke as well of how this pattern is replicated in our individual lives and beyond. He said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only that, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly our adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. For now, our lives are like a sukkah, vulnerable, flimsy, prey to a variety of threats and fears but it will not always be that way we must remember that like our ancestors we are on a wilderness journey of sorts but that what awaits us is a land of promise here we we speak not of heaven clouds and harps but a renewed heavens and a renewed earth where righteousness dwells and where we will someday, without doubt, experience embodied immortality. Our personal history will be like Yeshua's in some respects. He suffered hunger, pain, want, loneliness, fear, and great darkness. Ultimately, he experienced unbearable suffering, such as none of us will ever know but of him it is written for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame he had perspective so what's the point of all this messiah's sufferings first and the glories that follow are assigned to us in our sukkahs of vulnerability. There is also a meaning for us in all of life. The death and resurrection of Messiah is a message of hope because it reminds us that suffering itself is not simply tragedy. Woven into the warp and woof of all creation is this pattern sufferings first, glories to follow. If you are suffering, or if you know others who are suffering, this too is a message of hope. There's a message of hope here as well for God's people Israel. Since the Messiah is the one man Israel, what was true of him will be true of Israel as a whole. Sufferings first, glories later. The resurrection of Messiah is not only the vindication of his own claims, and a vindication of sinners who can now rest assured that their sins have been carried away through the cross and open tomb. No, the resurrection of Messiah is a vindication of Israel's hope that through this same Messiah, Israel itself will one day enter into the glories that have been prophesied of her through this suffering, risen, and vindicated Messiah. And there is a meaning too for all of the cosmos. The entire cosmos yet awaits and groans while doing so for the revelation of the glorified children of God. Then the cosmos itself will experience its divine consummation. The resurrection is proof positive that this consummation is coming. Rabbi Eliezer Muskin of Young Israel of Century City says something that deeply describes the mission of Zion and of Messianic Judaism as we understand it. He says this, and here he quotes from the rabbi I mentioned earlier, Jewish history is not only fire and ashes. It is the promise of a glorious destiny. Our job is to make that destiny happen sooner rather than later for zion's sake i will not be silent for jerusalem's sake i will not hold my peace until our righteousness goes forth like a torch that is burning and a salvation like a blazing torch may it come soon and in our days Shabbat Shalom.